4: start selling online today sign up for a free trial at shopify.com/free22 shopify.com/free22
2: Of all things fantasy <laughs> And
3: welcome back, MD Nation, to the show. You are watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show live on the all-new BellyUp.tv on your web browser, or it's powered by Tiki Live. So you just go to TikiLive.com, download the app on any device that you have, search for the BellyUp Sports Channel. You got 24-7 sports talk of the, the freshest. Freshest take sports talk you could possibly have out there right now hitting the airwaves powered by Tiki Live. Again, download the app or just go to bellyup.tv on your web browsers. You can always hit us up on the show on our YouTube channel by subscribing to the MD's Fantasy Football Show or catching us after the fact on your favorite podcast app. But Chris, did you know that starting February 1st, the Belly Up Unhinged Radio returns It returns as B-U-R-N-S Burns Radio will be back starting February 1st. During the season, we're going to be on five times a week, but for the sake of the offseason, we'll be on from Wednesday, or or excuse me, Thursday through Friday at 4 p.m. And all you have to do is hit this same place, tikilive.com slash channel slash Burns, or again, just download the Tiki Live app and search for the Burns channel. You'll be able to catch us. It'll be 24-7 Sports Talk Radio. So very excited. That's going to be launching. We'll be on that platform, too. I just wanted to get that announcement out there. Chris, how are you doing today?
4: I'm doing pretty good. It's exciting with all these different things are changing, getting back to the radio and doing the TV station. There's a lot of things are going on with Belly Up right now. It's really exciting times. and thank you for our listeners for making this happen.
3: Yeah, 100%. We would not be able to continue to expand if we were not, accruing an audience that was staying loyal and coming back for more and being interactive, which we always, we always want you guys to be interactive, whether it's on, on YouTube or social media, at Show. comment during the show, DM us. We got, we got betting picks. We got fantasy football throughout the offseason. I'm not going to be taking a break this year. We're going to be doing at least one show a week. Today, we have the MD's DFS contest and lock bets of the week, as you might expect. We've been doing that throughout the playoffs. The conference championships are here. It's just going to be Chris and I, no guests today, but we're going to keep the same format. I think it was flowing pretty well, Chris. So I want to keep this thing going where we'll both give our positions by positions at the same time, rather than you saying your lineup and then we go to break and then me saying my lineup. So that's what we're going to do today and just kind of keep that going. Like we have been for the past couple of weeks, just to let you guys know next week, obviously no game pro bowl week, heading into the Super Bowl. We're going to be back next week. With a quarterback consistency episode for you guys. Starting to get a little bit into the offseason of the fantasy football side. Very excited to be doing that. So that's going to be next week while we're in between trying to get to that Super Bowl game. We'll be back with the MDCFS contest and lock bets of Super Bowl weekend. Just to give you guys an FYI on what's coming up. But Chris, when you were looking at this lineup this week for DFS, and again, if you ever want to hit when it gets us to free contests, we'll have the, we're going to put that link up there in the comments shortly. You usually have that for, for the show. We're gonna have that up there shortly for you guys. We'll promote it out throughout the weekend. It's the free MDCFS contest. If you win one free week of eSports betting data, and you get your name eligible for the January giveaway for one championship football from championshipfootballs.com. No one was able to beat me last week, so we're only down to two contestants so far that are eligible for that giveaway as of this moment. But Chris, we have a a, a smaller pool of players heading into this week. What were some of the tips, what are some of the things you were looking for to try to make your lineup best suited for winning a tournament-style a DFS tournament?
4: Yeah, I think it's the, looking at what you want to value the most with the kind of limited options. You're kind of choosing some different guys that people are probably going to have a lot of different guys, similar guys in their lineups. So you want to find the key spots that you want to focus on and make sure you address them. Um, I think one of the things I focused on was where I wanted to spend the money at what position because the running back seems to become something that's kind of scattered brain after the kind of, or scattered around, I should say, after the initial you know Joe Mixon guy. There's a lot of guys you don't really sure what their kind of roles are, what they're kind of going to be doing. So the money was kind of lower for the running back position. While the receivers, you have some chances to, get, you know, land some prime time primetime guys. The quarterback was the toughest choice for me to kind of settle where did I want to spend my money. Do I want to go to the upper echelons with a Patrick Mahomes and a Joe Burrow with the guys, who, you know, have already shown numbers against each other's defenses? Or do you want to kind of go with Matthew Stafford or Jimmy Garoppolo who are cheaper options but haven't been quite as productive versus, you know, their opponents? So for me, it was kind of trying to decide what I wanted to spend my money on mostly.
3: No, agreed. You're going to have to find ways to take shots because we have this small pool of players, a lot of lineups are going to be similar. So you have to find ways to take shots, but at the same time, don't be reckless because we still want to cash. And even if you don't win the big prize, you still want to cash at the end of the day. I was able to cash mine last week. It wasn't huge. I got 100 bucks off of $20. i will take it. But those are the type of things you want to put yourselves in position to be able to do without killing yourself. So I do think when we get to the running back position, that's going to be an interesting one. You want to kick things off with your quarterback play first, though.
4: Sure. Uh, so the quarterback I settled on with the second-cheapest quarterback, and it's Matthew Stafford. Uh, $6,200, I think still a good value versus the 49ers defense. It's been playing well in the playoffs, but let's be real, isn't it greatest against the pass? The Rams, if they're healthy, and Matthew Stafford, especially if he's healthy, should be able to exploit this defense, should have productive numbers. $6,200, I'm looking to spend my money a little bit elsewhere, so I wanted to go with one of the better values, I thought, as a quarterback position.
2: I
3: like the play. I thought about Matthew Stafford as well because, again, like you said, he's 2nd cheapest quarterback. He has the ceiling of a Burrow, of a Mahomes. But I ultimately went with Burrow. Okay? And as we go through the lineup, you're going to see why I ultimately went with Burrow here. But a little bit cheaper than Patrick Mahomes. I am expecting that Chiefs-Bengals game to be a blowout. or Not a blowout. Excuse me. A shootout. That's what I'm going for. I'm expecting it to be a shootout. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> the look on your face, I was like, yeah, I said that I, was like, well, I take hold on <laughs> definitely expecting it to be a shootout though I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was we had some fireworks late in the game you know not quite to the same level obviously because that was crazy last week but similar to the end of that game like we had with the Chiefs and the Bills so I'm going with Burrow in this instance because I want to take all the two games that's the game that I'm expecting more of a shootout than the 49ers Rams game so I want the quarterback in that game
4: yeah, I can't blame you. I definitely like the Joe Burrow thing. A little bit more expensive than I could quite spend, but I think it was a great value, $6,600. A guy who threw for over 500 yards versus Chiefs defense last matchup. So, yeah, I think this is kind of a guy that you, if you can well, get in yeah. on, definitely this is hurt. something you're going to be opposed to having.
3: <laughs> does not hurt at all. So who would you go with your RB1?
4: So my running back, I, I kind of changed up a little bit as more strategy kind of kicks in. I'm actually going to not take Joe Mixon, which I you know I think everybody's going probably have. I'm with Cam Akers, um, the guy kind of came out of nowhere. We had a guest on last week, kind of gave us a shout out and gave us that hot take that Cam Akers would be the guy over Sidney Michelle. That seemed to be the case last week. we Sampa Bay, 49ers defense is much more exploitable versus the run, so I think Cam Akers has a chance to have a touchdown, have you know be productive. It's been a the guy that kind of using them more in the passing game than they have used Swinney Michelle. Regardless of the splits, you know, changes again this week. Um. So go Cam Akers, $5,100. I love the value.
3: The value is definitely there. I thought about Cam Akers, too. It's funny. I, I thought about some of these Rams players because there is good value to be there. The thing that's bottoming right now about Cam Akers, even though his value's down a little bit, and I, I don't mind the trying to go with the contrarian play there because people will be loading up on Joe Mixon, he just hasn't not been efficient. But if you look at his price tag and you match it up with the volume, that's usually the things I would look for. And I, that's why I'm not against it there. But it's a bad matchup, just like it was last week against Tampa Bay. Niners have been a top eight defense the last six weeks against the run in particular. And plus, he's been inefficient on top of it. And the big thing is, not since the Todd Gurley days, has Sean McVay really featured the running back in the passing game the way he used to? And that kind of bothers me a little bit, too, especially when you're talking about a guy like a Camp Akers. So I, saw, I, I didn't wind up putting him in. I had some him in some of my variations. I did go Joe Mixon at 6800 dollars I'm anticipating this being a back and forth type of game. And I think it has to be because Joe Mixon, he only gets involved in the passing game when it's a neutral game script, neutral or pro game script. If it winds up being negative, they want it being two minute drills. No, it won't be Mixon getting involved in the pass game. And I do think he's going to have to be pretty heavily involved to hit that $6,800 price tag. But again, I'm going for a shootout. He's the best running back on the board. It's a good matchup ultimately against Kansas city. I'm just going to go with the Joe Mixon route here myself.
4: Yeah, I can't hate on that at all. I think he's definitely one of the guys that people are going to have in a lot of KC's not been too bad against the run over the last few weeks as well. Their defense has kind of stepped up against the run as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how the shootout kind of unfolds. Will it be Joe Burrow show? Will it be Joe Mixon kind of getting his touches? Uh, the one of the guys you has been a little bit in the passing game as well it has been Joe Mixon. Sometimes they use him in passing games, sometimes they don't. So he's kind of hit right. or miss as well. Um, so I do think that's a good value. It's $6,800. You can't really complain a guy who's been to RB1 for most of the season. So I do think he's a good guy to have in your, in your, your lineup this week.
3: But I agree with you. A lot of people are going to have Joe Mixon in their lineup this week just because it's so it's so bare at the running back position.
4: Yeah, so the guy who I, I went with a little bit, the cheaper version of my RB1, actually is going to be uh, – I went with the quarter running back for the 49ers, Eli Mitchell – Elijah Mitchell. I'm sorry, not Eli Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell. Um, Elijah Mitchell is a you know, guy who's basically the workhorse back in that backfield is a guy who isn't necessarily involved in the passing game, but the 49ers really haven't been using the running backs in the passing game specifically anyway, so I'm kind of just curious to see if they do have to throw the ball to the backs, will he kind of still be utilized in some kind of role? He's been getting an average of 20 touches over the last six weeks, so this is a guy that I think that you're going to have a lot of 5,900 RB1 potential. Uh, the Rams' defense is pretty good against the run, but I still think you exploit him, and I think this is a, definitely a 49ers want to run the ball in this, this matchup, so I think Elijah Mitchell is the guy to have in your lineups as well this week.
3: So this is the first one we had that's exactly the same. I also have Elijah Mitchell. I went, I paid up for the two top two running backs because I didn't see the value in going lower than that, quite frankly. Uh, if you want to take your home run shots to Clyde Edwards-Alaire or, a, you know, a, a Jared McKinnon, good luck to you. Maybe one of them breaks free. Maybe they do. But, frankly, this is the Patch for home show over the past few weeks. I don't think, expect that to change. So if you want to do that at contrarian play, my hat's off to you, but I'd rather pay up at wide receiver – Or no, I'm sorry, I'd rather pay down at wide receiver, finding sleepers at wide receiver, than pay down at running back this particular week. So yeah, I would Elijah Mitchell, too, for everything you just said. Unlike Cam Akers, not only has he gotten the volume, but he's also been efficient. Last week, you can kind of throw it away from an offensive perspective, but other than last week, this guy's been getting 100 yards pretty consistently, and it starts to get a little bit more involved in the passing game here and there over the past couple of weeks, too. I mean, last week had four targets. That's the most he's had in a little while. It's a matter of does he score on top of that hundred yards, but you he did well the last time out against the Rams too. So yeah, you have to go with Elijah Mitchell, I believe at fifty nine hundred dollars, and just go to the top running backs and see what you come out with at the wide receiver position. Speaking of, who's your
4: wide receiver one? Well, real quick, was the running back thing? I will say that if, if Williams doesn't play for Kansas City, McKinnon's not a bad option. He has scored over 15 points DFS last two weeks, even though he wasn't super efficient last week. Because he gets the targets in the passing game, we have seen the Chiefs kind of convert their passing game, be using their backs a lot more. He's been a beneficiary with Williams out, so that's something you can kind of keep in mind. $5,100 is a nice value if he's to be the number two running back, You know, if Williams is out for sure. Right, yeah. Um so my receiver. I spent up. I won't number one receiver. I think no, no brainer to my Cooper Cup. This guy's been no different in the playoffs as he has been in the regular season. Why why mess with something that's not broken? How he's not even more expensive than he is. I'm still shocked because a lot of running backs are usually in you know, 10000 mark around producing the way he is. But a guy who's still in the you know, $8,600, $8, I think he is, DFS, um, I, I love his value. I think this guy you have to have in your lineup to speak versus the 49ers. <laughs>
3: So it's kind of funny. I did not go with Cooper Cup. I also I had it. So I I do Chris. I must do like I don't know five to ten variations of this lineup before we get to this point on this show. Usually I start I start with Cooper and I did the same thing. I start with Cooper Cup as my my spot. That's that's where I go to. Right there, bam. And I try to build a team around it. I didn't like it, and the reason why I wound up not liking it is because what you're talking about it. Yes, on a on an overall price tag, if this was the regular season, that's not a bad price tag at eighty eight hundred dollars. But he is head and shoulders more expensive than everybody else in this DFS uh, lineup this week. Everybody, the closest player I believe is Debo Samuel at seventy two hundred dollars. After that, there's no no one's even close. He's head and shoulders more expensive. So I decided, like you know what, I want to build out. There's two there's two contract players we're gonna get to but I wanted to build out a really good lineup around it and not go with Cooper Cup. So the reason you didn't go with Joe Mixon, I decided I'm not going to go with Cooper Cup to kind of stay away from the common stream play as well. But yeah, Cooper Cup, he's awesome. Can't complain there. I my number one receiver, I went with the stack with Joe Burrow. So I went back to that game again, going for the shootout. That was the really that was the main reason why I went with Bur- with Burrow because I found myself wanting to play Jamar Chase. That's the cheaper stack of that game because if you play playing for Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, they're a little bit more money than Burrow, a little bit more money than uh Jamar Chase's, Tyree Kill is. So I wanted to go with that stack heading into this matchup. Am I chasing some of the magic that happened before? Sure. But it's also a bad matchup for Kansas City. If Tyron Matthew doesn't play, that field's gonna be wide open in the back end. And I want to take advantage of that with that combo.
4: Yeah so I just you know look the kind of the bag Jamar Chase is my second receiver too I can't agree with you more. I think this is a guy that has home run potential every time he touches the ball. A guy who's been super explosive in his whole season. And a guy that you don't want to have, you know, be left without having in your lineup. I think this guy that the value is also there. Thirty two hundred dollars for a guy who's explosive as he is, is a guy I think you should try to get if you can in your lineup this week. Is whether receiver one or receiver two.
3: Okay. Yeah. So we're on the same page when it comes to it. And I I just thought I wanted to come back with the skinny stack on the way back. So I came back with Tyree Hill at $7,000. Again, I'm I'm on that game. It's a 54 and a half over under. I'm on that game to have points be scored. If it's going to be the shootout I want, that means Chiefs got to score two. So I got Tyreek Hill coming back the other way as my wide receiver two is $7,000.
2: winner who's your so the, receiver
4: three because
3: i think
2: that's you just said
4: you just said my re- you just said my receiver okay. three Tyreek kill is my receiver three i mean for seven thousand dollars re- three
3: aces you have oh, absolutely Cox, when will you ever
4: get Tyreek kill for seven thousand dollars as as, a, as a, that cheap of a value for a guy who's able to do what he's right. able to right. do now right. all three of those guys who all have home run potential for as cheap as they are this week i had to have in my lap that's why I, I skimped a little bit on the quarterback running back as i talked about i understand the, the joe burrow thing but for me i was like Ooh, if I can get all three of these guys i'm going with it
0: I
3: like it. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, duh. So my wide receiver three, this is where I wanted to start, you know, taking a little bit of chances. And this is one of my two big contrarian plays of the week. I went back to the well with Byron Pringle. I've been riding him all throughout the playoffs. He's been scoring touchdowns. I believe he's on a three-game touchdown streak now. The last time they played Cincinnati, it was actually him, not Tyreek Hill, who went off. He had two touchdowns in that game. But he's just been a very dependable third option right now for a Chiefs offense that's picking up. So I went with Byron Pringle there. That's where I decided to pay down because I went with Joe Mixon like you did. And that's kind of where the, the give and take was.
4: Yeah. So I have Byron Pringle with my flex, $4,200. As you talked okay. about, the guy who's been highly productive has uh, an oscillating floor right now. I think he's a guy you can definitely have that you can kind of build your lap around with it, how cheap he is and the floor he provides right now.
3: Okay. So we're pretty much on the same wavelength. Just a little bit of differences here and there. So that's your flex. Here's my flex. And This is why I really, I really want to go contrarian. I'm a little bit worried after some of the news that came out today, but we'll see how that's all going to shake out. I went with Juwan Jennings. This is the guy. This is going to be the make or break my lineup in the DFS tournaments. I wanted to find somebody. Okay, who's, who's somebody that no one's going to want to play? He's 3,200. First and foremost, that opens up some some cap space there. But Juwan Jennings, he had two touchdowns the last time he played against the Rams. There's going to be that focus on Brandon Ayuk. They're going to try to take away D.L. Samuel as much as they possibly can. Juwan Jennings that guy that could be the make or break for tournament play.
4: Yeah. I mean, a guy who's has been absolutely stepping up in the playoffs is the guy that they definitely utilize in the red zone. We've seen the kind of previous runs with similar kinds of receivers. A Bourne, for example, for 49ers a couple of years ago when they made a play- their playoff run. I think Jennings has been that guy kind of stepping up in the third down roles and as in the red zone, like I talked about, I think it is definitely a contrarian play, but I think is a guy that might pay off for you. Especially as he can kind of use more and more in his lineup.
3: Like I guess you got to find ways to take shots; otherwise, you're not going to win tournament place. Now, this is a cash lineup. I probably want to go more the route you went. But when we're doing tournament style. You got to find somebody else that you can go with. Speaking of, who's your tight end?
4: So I went with uh, CJ. I am not going to say his name right, but the point. Uh, yeah, thank you, Uzama. Zama, I went with him. Um, I love the value, thirty-two hundred dollars. Got to make my lineup kind of work with him. Um, isn't the best tight end, or thirty-four hundred dollars, I should say, not the best tight end available. Travis Kelsey and Kittle absolutely are, but a guy who's not, you know, necessarily a, a scrub. A guy who can easily get a couple catches in his game. Can easily be utilized in the red zone. You're going to expect that the receiver should get a lot of attention from the Chiefs. We talked about, you know, Matthew being out. If that's something you can exploit for the offense as well. So I'm going with um, CJ Cincinnati. And I think he's going to be a guy, hopefully for me, that pans out this week as one of those contrarian tight ends to have in your lineup.
3: I like it. I like it. By the way, the link is up on the comments. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're watching this on social media at Billy up show, we're going to promote it throughout the entire weekend. Don't you worry. Again, it's the free MDs DFS contest. Just sign up. If you win, you win one free week of easy sports betting data, get your name to be eligible for the championship football from championshipfootballs.com for the January giveaway. We only have two more months, actually, because of January and then the Super Bowl is in February. So we'll have a, whoever wins that Super Bowl week will automatically get the championship football. So that, that'll be that'll be interesting there. Uh, Chris, before I give my tight end, I want to say this about George Kittle. You can't play George Kittle this week. So I'm looking at these tight ends. There's only four to choose from, right? It's either going you're going to pay up for Travis Kelsey, you're gonna go with the middle option, or the the middle option, which is pretty much George Kittle at five thousand dollars. There's Tyler Higby at thirty seven hundred, and then you are playing all the way down with C.J. Osama like you did at thirty two hundred dollars. To me, there, to me, there's only two choices to make here, especially if you're in tournament play. It's either you're paying all the way up for Travis Kelsey, or paying all the way down for C.J. Osama. Tyler higbee has got a bad matchup, plus he's never really involved. He's been asked to be a blocker throughout, especially with you know that offensive line being a bit banged up. With the ramps. We'll see if they get healthier or not, but. Not really a guy you want to go with. Hasn't really shown that ceiling. Usama's had a couple big games, a couple big plays throughout the year. He can dignify you know, paying all the way down for it. Trent Williams, I know Shanahan's coming out and he's saying Trent Williams is going to play. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. We'll see how the week of practice goes. Even if he does, he's not going to be 100%. Look what happened against the Rams the last time when Williams did not play. Kittle was asked to be a blocker the entire game. And that's really happened quite consistently. I mean, last week, four catches, 63 yards. That's the best offensive output he's had in a month. So I don't know how you can go with a George Kittle option this week when he's kind of priced as the second highest tight end, but he doesn't actually have top tight end potential with the way they've been utilizing him and the fact that if Trent Williams, if he doesn't go or if he's banged up, he's going to be asked to block a lot. So I'm putting, I want to put George Kittle out there as a name to avoid when it comes to your tight end position. I went all the way up. I paid for Travis Kelsey. Because again, go, I'm sticking with my theme of I'm loading up on that Bengals Kansas City game. Just, just plain and simple. And if I have Tyreek Hill and I have Brian Pringle, I ha, I want I want Travis Kelsey in there to go against the Jamar Chase and the Joe Burrow. I mean, and Joe Mixon. The only guy I didn't get in there that I wanted to get in there was T. Higgins. That's because I had to pay down somewhere. But like that's the only guy who gets left out in this whole thing for me. But yeah, I went with Travis Kelsey and I paid up for him.
4: Yeah, I hear I, you're, you're thinking on that. I'm not going to hate on Henry has George Kittle because, you know, $5,000 isn't a super overspend for a tight end who has, you know, a history of being a very productive electric player. But I agree with you. Just the trend of how they've been using him, especially as of late, I don't trust, I wouldn't trust Kyle Shanahan to necessarily change what he's been doing. George Kittle should be utilized more in his game. doesn't guarantee that he will be. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I prefer to spend up William Kelsey or down. I think Higby's the guy you really kind of want, want to avoid, mostly the, at all costs. He's just too expensive to justify spending that money for a guy who there's no reason you think he can do anything more than CJ is going to do. I said, like I said, for Kittle, I can see if you you know you convince yourself like, hey, I got a pretty good. Line. Why not throw George Kittle in there for five thousand dollars? But I I think I tend to agree with you.
3: I mean, look, he does he have the skill set? Yeah, one hundred percent. It's just the way he's been utilized as of late. I don't I just don't think it makes a ton of sense to, to go I after agree. a guy like that. Agreed. That that that's all. But let's get to the defense. So to me, I thought there was only two defensive options. Maybe you saw a third or a fourth. Which ones did you go with?
4: Well, similar to tight end theory, I, I believe defense is very similarly. I don't think defenses quite often pay off in DFS. Rarely do they score double digits. So I went with Cincinnati, the cheapest defense I could get my hands on. I'm <laughs> okay. hoping on getting a turnover or two. They do get pressure. Patrick Mahomes does give up. You know, Kansas City's offense does go sacks. Patrick Mahomes does take sacks. So I'm hoping to give you a couple of points here or there. Not aiming for the stars, but I'm not spending much money either either for it.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't go down that far. I wanted my defense to have a chance to do something as far as points wise go. I don't you're right about the sacks thing. I don't know how much I are gonna get. I will say this of the Kansas City Cincinnati game, if there was a defense I was gonna go with, it would have been Kansas City. Just going back to last week with Tennessee getting nine sacks, Chris Jones, Ingram are getting a good pass rush. That would probably be the defense I'd go with and I'm going to pick from one of those two. But to me, it's only two options. you either either in the 49ers defense or you pick at the Rams defense. Now, they are the two, the two top spending defenses, but like you've been saying, comparatively speaking to where these price tags are, $3,200 for the Rams, $2,800 for the 49ers, you're not really breaking the bank and it's not really hindering you from being able to put together a good lineup on either one. So I want the cheaper one of the two. I want the one that was going to be the more contrarian of the two, I believe, which is I went with the 49ers defense. Everybody's going to load up in the Rams defense with Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and rightly so. I'm not saying it's wrong in any capacity. But the 49ers defense, I mean, that their front four has gotten big-time pass rush. Matthew Stafford has played twice against this defense. Both times has given up turnovers. So give me the defense a little bit cheaper at $2,800. I want the 49ers defense against the Rams.
4: Yeah, I can't hit it on the 49ers defense is playing well in the playoff stretch. Um, you know, they took down Green Bay's potent offense, and the weather did play a part in that. But Green Bay is basically could do anything in the second half. So I can see kind of running, in that trend. I would disagree. The game probably has the chance to be the lower scoring game. Just for me, how to make my lineup work, I will with the cheapest defense I can get my hands on.
3: No, and that, that that made sense for me. Can we, can we have a few minutes before we get to the second half of the show. Can we talk about this narrative real quick? Has been happening all week about. That Green Bay game for Green Bay in particular, everyone's blaming it on the cold. And I don't doubt that it had a part to do with it, but this is where Green Bay really should be indicted because it should have been the whole reason. Buffalo Bills against the Patriots, what that game was sub-zero. The Bills put up 47 points. So stop telling me it's because of the cold that the Green Bay Packers offense withered away. No, that was on Rodgers thinking nobody else besides Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams is allowed to touch the football. That's what that was on. I just want to get your quick take on it while we have a few Oh, more.
4: yeah. If that's the narrative that's going on, that's absolutely stupid. Because if you look at the reason the Green Bay wants home field advantage is because they play well at home, which is cold in Green Bay in these late season times. That's why you want home field advantage. Not being able to play well on your home field in the cold is stupid. over the reason the offense struggle. The offense has scored plenty of points throughout history, especially with Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. And when it's been cold, or even colder than it was this past weekend. So that is not the reason. The reason that they lost and the reason what happened to them was basically, it wasn't just the Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams show. It was lack of adjustments. It was lack of physicality overall. Green Bay should have got physical in that game offensively and refused to. And I think when AJ Dillon got kind of banged up, that was kind of the key to me in that game because – they needed somebody to kind of establish that they weren't being bullied in that game. And that was where I think they kind of got out finesse. to me, the Rams, if they're going to win this game, they need to learn that lesson from last week. They can't come back this week. Like the, the green Bay didn't play a finesse game. That's why the Rams lost the last two times the last few years, to the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, they had to come so and punch it come in it the mouth. And I think that's what you're going to have to know. That you're going to have to do this week. So hopefully they learn their lesson from green Bay. Cause green Bay to me just plays soft. That's why they lost.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Cause I, I thought I was missing something. I'm like, I'm sorry. I think I remember Rodgers putting up a ton of points in the freezing cold. And if anything, is Green Bay, who's used to this weather, you have GBG with not much experience in that type of cold weather with a thumb that's hanging on by a literal thread. If anybody's going to be at the disadvantage, it should have been the 49ers' offense. And not that the 49ers' offense even scored a touchdown, but still, the, this excuse that, oh, the cold had so much to do with it. I just, pfft, I find that kind of neither here nor there. Uh, Still two minutes to kill. So give me your quick takes. What was your reaction to that Chiefs-Bills game?
4: I mean, to me, it might have been the greatest fourth quarter I've ever witnessed for myself. Especially those last three minutes of that game. How you can just go back and forth. It was amazing. What I really liked about both teams, and I'm not a big Buffalo fan. You know, MD Nation kind of knows that. I'm not a big Josh Allen fan. But I give both those quarterbacks and both those franchises nothing but credit. Because neither one backed down. Both came out not to lose. And that's something to me that Tampa Bay showed last year. And while I was a big Tampa Bay fan last year, teams that play, not lose in the playoffs and play aggressively are the ones that usually want victorious. And I think the chiefs and, and Buffalo both deserved to win last week. I know the chiefs pulled it out, but it was a hell of a game. It was amazing to watch.
3: It was amazing to watch. It really was. Uh, it, we're not overhyping it. When we talk about it being the best weekend of football, but, uh, Chris is a fantasy thing before we, before we kick this thing over, uh, is there any way Josh Allen's not the number one rated quarterback next year in fantasy football? There's no way he's not going to be the number one for me. He looked like he had arrived from a passing standpoint. and He was running people over. I think he's the only quarterback who has the highest ceiling in both rushing and passing heading into 2022.
4: I mean, he definitely could be. I think it's going to be interesting to see what they kind of do with the offensive coordinator position. If they do lose Gable. I also think that Josh Allen kind of had some gaps this season during the season, it's going to be interesting to see how this offense kind of unfolds. I think in the playoffs, they realized they wanted to kind of go balls to the wall. That's kind of how they, he played. I'm curious to see if that's how he plays during the regular season, because we didn't really see that this year during the regular season.
3: We didn't. It was part part of me feels like he just kind of like fully arrived in the playoffs. I don't know. It's just been amazing. He's definitely going to be my number one quarterback heading into next year. But here's what we're going to do now. Take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we got Chaz Flaherty and Peter Van Sventer. I think I'm getting that right. He'll correct me on the other side. Uh, (laughs) We're going to get them back on here. Get our lock bets in. We got some prop bets for you guys today because only two games that we're talking about. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on BellyUp.TV, powered by Tiki Live. And we'll be back with you guys. Right after this, roses are red, violets are blue, but don't let a wild pub wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscape are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V Day, it's time to join the four million men worldwide who trust Manscape, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to Manscape.com and use promo code BellyUpFantasy for twenty percent off and free shipping. The holidays went by so quickly. Did you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job? The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. The number one product in this package is the Lawmore 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. And get this, the trimmer's advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate balls. It even has a 4000K LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code fantasy at mangeek.com today
2: You're listening to the MD's fantasy football show. Hi, I'm Maria and I'm Mike and we're team, team ready. ready.
1: Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart
3: is so they want you to be ready.
2: It's all about keeping you safe, prepared and making your home as energy efficient as possible.
3: Everything from how to weatherize
1: your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather.
2: Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.
3: And welcome back to the MD's fantasy football show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. I'm joined here with Chris Dauhauer. The first half of the show, we went over our DFS lineups for conference championship week. If you want to Get in on the free fun action. All you got to do is go to a social media account at Show or go to our YouTube, subscribe to the MD's Fantasy Football Show channel. Hit the link completely free. We'll be promoting that throughout the week. If you win, you win one free week of Sports betting data and get your name eligible for the January giveaway for Championship Football from ChampionshipFootballs.com. And that's where we enter in Mr. Chaz Filardi. Chaz, how are you?
1: Well... <clears throat> I'm going to take the shirt off as soon as we're done. Hang it all up right. because I'm planning on wearing it Saturday in Vegas and I don't want to have to wash
3: it. I love it. I love it. Promote first, Chaz. Promote first. I wish I could be in Vegas watching that 49er game. Uh, we also have, for what is this, the third the fourth time in a row now, and he'll be back to Super Bowl week two, Peter Van Seventer. Did I get that right this
0: time? Yeah, no, you got it right, Van Seventer. All right, you know, all right, we got it, we got it. How you doing, Pete? Good, can't complain. Had a great NFL Saturday, honestly. The Sunday was a little worse, but the Saturday had a lot of fun with the Bengals and the 49ers. Yes,
3: yeah, so you and I were opposite. I had a terrible Saturday, but I hit on everything on Sunday, so we went in opposite directions the past weekend. But hey, one way or another,
4: <laughs> well, we had you covered the show.
1: There, I'm thinking, right? If you Chris, if one guy's right on Saturday, one guy's exactly. Right on Saturday, Could have, we should have figured out a way to be right
3: both days.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like to bet there's no Saturdays this week.
3: (laughs) Okay, it was crazy because as a 49ers fan, you guys, I don't know if you guys realize how much social media and YouTube flack I caught, TikTok flack I caught from everybody because apparently everybody watched. My 49ers Green Bay clip take, which was dead wrong. Nobody watched the other ones, which were dead right. So much flack this weekend for not bidding on my team. That was, it was just a very ironical and uh, bittersweet moment for me really throughout the entire week.
1: It's hard when you have a team. I, I don't have a team for that reason. I just I don't want to have to worry about you know that, that whole, oh, my God, they're my team, but if they lose, then I lose twice. It's just it's ugly. <laughs>
3: It is. It's, it's it's brutal to have. But let's head it this weekend. Chiefs Bills. We'll start with that game. It's a three o'clock game. The over under fifty four and a half. We're looking for more high scoring games in that one. The point line is interesting to me. It's minus seven for Kansas City at home. Chasman, kick this to you first. What are you seeing? Uh, it, it and as
1: Chris knows
3: I always come
1: bringing gifts. This one's a little late though because I'm I'm on a live money line parlay with Marquette and Texas A&M for the first half that plays 712 plus 712. So bear with me as I uh I'm getting nervous. I don't
3: know. I don't get nervous very often. We'll know if he wins and we hear like the commercial <laughs> whatever when he oh, <laughs> kind of the happened several the times best. on the we'll show. Cha-ching, <laughs> ching ching cashing
1: those tickets. Off my PC and put it on my phone because I, I apologize when that happens. I, you <laughs> know, I things open. I thought I muted it, but but you know what? It was really weird because, as you know, you've talked to me in the past, but we haven't really done a show, guys, since the pandemic because I didn't go last year for the AFC NFC. So I think this is technically though it's my menieth, it's our first where I was helping you guys talk about the sports betting. Well, I don't bet the games usually. I normally bet just the first player to score a TD. So I'll normally do, I do a spreadsheet. I've got the spreadsheet. This is like my, you know, I'm a data weirdo. I got like nine years of Super Bowl (laughs) spreadsheets. And it basically, I look at the four teams, I look at the rushing leaders for the season, the receiving leaders for this is for the regular season. And then I go back and I look at five or six games. And this year I went divisional wildcard 18, 17, 16, and 15. So anything that happened before 14, the only way you're getting credit for it is if it's because you're one of the leaders. And that's what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to pick that. And I bet it twice. I bet it first touchdown and any touchdown. And I'm hoping I can get some uh, halftime action. There's nothing better when you've got the first TD of the game and it's halftime. And of course the under are happy at that point too. Usually.
3: No. Yeah. 100%. Pete. Minus seven, 54 and a half chiefs Bengals. Wh- what are you thinking, man?
0: I mean, you think I'm going to stop taking Joe burrow now? No, I got to, <laughs> I got to roll with this. I, he is – I know he didn't have the greatest game last week, but he got the yards. He did what he had to do when he needed to. He didn't – I forget if he had a turnover. He might have had one total. I think he had one fumble, if I'm not mistaken. One fumble. I forget. Yeah. yeah, one fumble. But honestly, I think the Bengals aren't scared. And I think one thing that's massive is we're going to see the Tyron Matthew effect. If he's out, that deep, that deep ball in the secondary, I love Tyler Boyd's over. I think it's only 38 and a half yards. If he just gets one catch, I mean, why can't he get it on one catch? I really like, I really love the Bengals this week. I love the over. I don't think they're going to win, obviously, but I have some futures on them from the beginning of the playoffs because I was kind of banking on either the Titans losing to the Patriots or the Bengals. Luckily, they lost to the Bengals, so I got like plus 700 on this game. Just need the Bengals to win it. <laughs>
3: uh, I, 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 Tyler, you had mentioned Boyd. He's actually at, uh, yeah, it's 39 and a half now. Uh I'm going to probably have the under on him. He's been under last three in a row. I get what you're saying with Tyler Matthew being out. And that's going to be a big thing for, for betting this game in general. But it's been so heavy, Jamar Chase and T Higgins, especially in the playoffs. I just don't know. If I'm going to play, place my money on Tyler Boyd, who's literally been forgotten about for not just the past playoffs, but for four weeks dating back before that. For the last six weeks now, he's just been a non-factor. So I'm curious. You just think Tyron Matthew being out just opens up the middle of the field, and that's just yeah. Tyler Boyd's domain.
0: I think that's one of their receivers to get lucky. Obviously, I think Higgins and Jamal Chase are the guy that KC is going to try to stop. Obviously, we saw the game in Week 17; it was a track meet between these teams. I don't know what Tyler Boyd's exact statistics were, but I really think it's just going to be a high-scoring game, and there's just going to be a lot of opportunity out there for Tyler Boyd to just. Get loose. If Matthew's out, I really think that secondary is not going to be. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I cannot wait for that.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I like a lot of those. Too. Chris is a fantasy guy to get in here. I mean, you looking at Tyler Boyd at 39 and a half. I mean, what are you thinking about that? I'll give you the other ones, too. Jamar Chase is at 82 and a half over under. T. Higgins at 68 and a half over under. Uh, what, do you, what do you feel about those as well?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a tempting thing. Tyler Boyd's kind of that guy who's probably going to get you right around 40 to 50 yards. So I think it's it's definitely Vegas knows what they're kind of playing with you. If I'm interested, I think I'm going to throw a couple of cycles on the opportunity because you do figure it's not going to be T. Higgins having over 200-something yards again this game. So somebody else is going to be able to be more utilized in this passing attack than it was versus previous matchups. So Todd Boyd definitely could be a beneficiary. So maybe throw a couple of shekels. I wouldn't throw, you know, put the bank on it, but if you think it's something maybe you can look at, definitely consider throwing a couple of dollars at.
1: You know, one thing I want to mention is last week we talked about that second-half stat, which was what the Chiefs are in the second half in playoff games. And, of course, they did it again. Now, it was a wild way to do it again, but, but they did it again. Uh, the one thing about the – the props for the catches is I like what Pete was saying about if you can catch a guy, you know, seventy-nine, eighty-nine, I, yeah, you're not 28, thirty, twenty-eight, thirty. You could catch that on a slant and and break a tackle, get talked knocked out at the fifteen, and you're a winner on one play. I like
0: those just one play.
3: <laughs> it's just funny because he's the one guy that I'm I'm not I'm probably not gonna bet on it in general, uh just because it is so low, I would be crazy to take the under, but I'm going to take the over on Jamar Chase at 82 and a half. He's hit that four of the last five. I'm going to take T Higgins at 68 and a half. He's hit that three of the last five. They both went off against Kansas city the first time around. I'm just going to go. They've been more involved. I think they are going to hit those numbers too. Jamar Chase hasn't had less than hundred yards for our last five games, not just hitting it over on 82 and a half. So that's definitely going uh, with those.
1: One more Dan. I want to mention. So when I'm doing this, pulling all these touchdowns, you know what I notice? Holy cow. Kansas City scores more touchdowns in one playoff game than Cincinnati has scored in their last five, four games. They're just a score machine. They got five touchdowns, six touchdowns. You know, it, it's going to be an interesting thing because I don't know if, if Cincinnati is, is going to be able to outshoot them. I think in Cincinnati, if you look at some of their games, they haven't given up any points, guys. They're just not giving up points. And, and, and I think that's how you're going to go into Arrowhead. You're, and, and so that might be an opportunity with some of those Chiefs guys' numbers under the number.
3: Well, it's going to be interesting. We're going to flip it over to, the, to that in a second. But, I mean, Cincinnati outshot them last time, and that was in Cincinnati. So that does play a role here in this one. Uh, Chris, getting back to the line real quick, and then we'll throw it to the Kansas City prop side. Cincinnati plus seven. Fifty-four and a half um. over under.
4: Yeah, I'm with Pete on this one. I think you got to hit Cincinnati, especially with that that number. I think Cincinnati is going to keep his game close. And the one thing I think Chaz kind of hits upon, you know, Cincinnati could struggle to score. Both these teams can struggle us for periods of time. But I think this fourth quarter could be very similar to that Buffalo fourth quarter where both these teams can just outgun you at the end and be able to put quick quick, quick, quick points up. So I think Cincinnati is going to be able to hang in there at the very end. And I think they're going to be definitely within seven. So I think I definitely bet on will take that um Cincinnati. Yeah, I
3: mean, look, they're – Cincinnati is 6-0 oh, against the spread last six games. Kansas City, though, is 8-2. and two. I mean, we, yeah. Chaz, how many times did we joke about earlier in the year where you yeah, always I turned it around. the line against Kansas City? They completely flipped the script oh, right? The second they, they, half of the season. It was after, after the Green Bay game.
0: Yeah. They, they were, we yeah. talked
1: about They were like 2-7. Uh, two, two and seven. They ended up 7-2 and
0: two or something.
1: Yeah. yeah they I, saw,
0: the I was going to say one stat I saw was Kansas City is 6-0 oh against the spread at home in their last six. Or no, it's not Cincinnati. Kansas City is. And Cincinnati's 7-1 and one on the road against the spread in their last six. Yeah. So something has to Oh, There's to no
1: doubt. This is a without a doubt. But we talked about it last week. There was eight teams. They're all good. This is These are the best four teams. Nobody's going to argue that. You know, that's, here's the thing with green. the Green Bay situation is they call it special teams. If you're just going to call it teams, then it's okay. But if you're going to call it special teams, you really should lean just a little bit towards being special.
0: I might have the Bills in the final four, though. I mean, obviously they're not in it, no, but without they, a doubt,
1: yeah. <laughs> without a doubt. But uh, it, it, it was, was so crazy. funny because that was really. I am old. I am old. Okay, I am not. Uh, there was there was no way that was not the best four games in,
3: in a playoffs ever, because
1: there yeah. was just every game went down to the final play. That's just unheard
3: of. Well, every game Brady went down to the final to the play, game. but you. You got a little bit of everything. You had the forty nine Green Bay game, which was a, a cold, wintry, snowy, mixed defensive type of game. You had the the close up and coming team against the physical Tennessee team with the Cincinnati Bengals up and coming, and you had you had that game. that came down to the wire. Then you had the two higher scoring games where you had the big comeback from Brady in the second half and almost pulls it out at the end. And you have the. The surefire, you know, arena football game in the fourth quarter with the Bills and the Jeeps. So, you got a little bit of everything, and they all came down to the last possession. And that, that's what really I that's just what really made it special. Brady
1: numbers I'm I with you guys. Good. Do, do you remember the Brady numbers I gave out for his playoff scoring? It was like 31 30, 31 31, yeah. 30, and then he did 29. It was It was a bet that I guys I walked away and moved on with my life. They had six points. I needed 24 and a half. It wasn't happening. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> bada boom, bada bang, I'm a winner. It
0: was amazing. That was oh, Brady. that was tough. He should have. They really blew that game. No, no, no they, well, they, they
1: really didn't. I'm just I, I I agree with Dan. I'm not a fantasy guy, but if I was a fantasy guy, I'd want Josh Allen on my team. If I was going out to a bar <laughs> drinking, I'd watch Josh Allen on my team. <laughs>
3: As, I'm I'm with you guys though. I'm taking the 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 seven line is such a huge line on a team that I I just think I think these two teams are a lot closer in talent than people realize and the Vegas realizes I really do and and I think they can both play different styles depending upon what happens. But with the offenses, I know Cincinnati will put up 19 points, but that was against Tennessee. that was against Tennessee. They didn't have to put yeah. up more than that it's going to be a big difference here this week against that secondary of Kansas city, especially there's no time on Matthew, but I do think we're going to see some fireworks. Give me Kansas city plus a seven and give me the over two, by the way. I mean, both these teams have been over consistently. Kansas city is over all last seven games. I expect that to continue. So I'm taking Cincinnati plus a seven. I'm taking the over under. I do want to hit real quickly. Just Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey, their player props Hills at 77 and a half. And we have Travis Kelsey at 72 and a half. Hills hit his under four of the last seven on that mark. Tyreek, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey has been over three of the last five on that mark. I feel like if I'm going to expect a shootout that we're expecting, I got to hit the over on both of these guys. But uh, Pete, what do you see?
0: So I looked at the yards over and I kind of got a little scared on Tyreek. But one thing I saw, I really think we've all seen, With Mahomes, he gets the ball to his two guys in the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. In the fourth quarter, he's always looking at them. Last two touchdowns were Hill and Kelsey. I think that any time touchdown for Hill and Kelsey, I think Hill is minus 125. Kelsey's minus 130 on DraftKings. I think both of those you have to hit. And I like their yards over as well, I guess, just because of the points in general. But I think if I'm looking at one thing in particular with those two, is their anytime touchdown odds?
3: I, I don't have the touchdown odds in front of me right now. But yeah, that's what you're liking right now. I like that. Uh, what do you think, Chris?
4: I love Tyree Kill. Um, I think that one of the things you talked about his numbers as of late. He was injured, and he wasn't. He wasn't kind of the same Tyree Kill. He looked completely healthy to me last week. He looked back to be explosive. The other thing I'm really excited about was the Chiefs actually changed their formations. They moved him around. It's like actually an Andy Reid offense from, that he can run that I've been clamoring for all season long. So I think as long as they're going to continue to be that kind of utilizing their weapons as. Peter kind of pointed it out. I think that Tyree Kill is a guy that you can definitely bet on the over on that.
0: All right.
3: So let's, let's switch gears. Second half of this half hour segment. Let's talk about the 6 30 game. We got the 49ers versus the Rams. 49ers are the trendy pick, the upset pick. Everybody wants to go with the upset all the time. They have, they beat the Rams twice. Shanahan 6 0 against Sean McVay. <laughs> I was kind of surprised when I saw that stat in particular. I know we've been beating up the Rams. I didn't realize we haven't lost the Rams in like three years. That, that kind of surprised me a little bit. I uh, wasn't aware of that fact. San Francisco has been seven and three against the spread the last 10 games against the Rams. The Rams have been three and seven straight up against the 49ers. Obviously, they've lost six games in a row. Is there any way that changes, Chaz? Yeah, of course. All right. When you go to a roulette
1: table, what happens, right? It's all reds so on the board. You know they got that board, and I'm saying this because it's actually a 3.30 kickoff when you're in Las Vegas. Well, for you, yeah. Right. You know the poll that shows the <laughs> numbers, right, that come up on the roulette table, and there's six in a row. Whatever. It don't matter. Red, blue, green, yellow. And There's no yellow. but. Uh, the people come up and they bet against it they bet the other way oh it can't be seven in a row <laughs> it can't be seven in a row so uh yeah it, 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 could, it could go down again like that but this same thing when i was doing the tds the list of tds on the ram side it's just so much more massive i use so much more ink when i was printing that page than i did when i was printing the the 49er page so That that leads me to believe that uh, you know the Rams are 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 fine tuned right now. Remember, the Rams are supposed to win. They went out and bought everybody.
3: Well, that's what surprises me. This line's very close. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say I'm not that surprised by it, but it's minus three and a half with the Rams. The Rams are the much better team, right, Chris?
4: They should be the much better team.
3: Absolutely.
0: That
3: that that is the key, Pete. What are you thinking? What are you feeling?
0: I feel like and I feel like the last two weeks at least you've been hating on your Niners too much. They they're
3: they're not actually talented. this good. I know they're not actually this good. I want
1: them do the I don't I don't know. They have some great <laughs> they weapons. Can only beat. they can only win, right? That's
0: all they yeah, I win. mean they have really good they have some good studs on their defense and offense. Obviously Jimmy G is the issue. But as we've gone over, if he doesn't turn the ball over, he doesn't have to do much. Um I really like the under in this game. One thing I saw was the San Fran in their last seven games under has hit six times. The last six games for San Fran, LA, four games have gone under and the last six games at home for LA five games have gone under. I'm really on the under in this. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. It's a divisional game, obviously. I, I want to say the Niners, but I think that after the Packers after Dallas, we've seen, I mean, everyone's been saying, hey, they shouldn't have won those games, the matchups, the matchups. And like everyone's hyping up San Fran this week, saying, oh, they've won the last six. They're six and one against the spread the last seven. I think that this would be the week. I think it just might be too much. And Whitworth, I think, is supposed to come back, which really helps the Rams. Yeah. I think three and a half is, I really think Stafford's ready for this game. After like, after what he did with Cooper Cup, I think that's just going to really ignite this Rams team. Like, I think. When Brady scored, if you're on that sideline, you're kind of lying to yourself a little bit as a Rams fan. You thought you're going to lose that game. You thought that game's over. That That was like
1: 37 or something.
0: Yeah, and they—I mean, Matt Stafford made a beautiful play. The next guy says I could
1: do it at 13. It was like that—that show. How many notes you got to guess? Yeah.
0: I like the Rams though, and I like the under. So I think those are my two bets in that
3: game. I'm not going to bet the line on this game. I'm not. It's—it's too close. (laughs) The 49ers have the track record of winning. I'm not going to bet the line. And I'm with you. The the stats, the trends, they all say go the under. But the under is 46 and a half. The over under is 46 and a half. The last game they played, they went to 51 I'm not betting the under. I'm not. This isn't the cold, frozen tundra. The 49ers should have had 30-plus points against Dallas. The Rams are going to put up probably 27 to 30 points themselves of what they averaged, what they should do. I'm going to take the over at 46 and a half. That's too low in a game that will be in warm weather with two teams that know each other. I'm taking the over. I know that the, I'm going against the, be, the the trend here on that one. That one I'm on. Chris, what do you think?
4: See, I'm going opposite of you. I'm going on the under of this because I think both these teams are going to struggle initially in the first half. This is a game to me as a Chaz special. I watched that 49ers Green Bay like game last week. And I'm just sitting there thinking about Chaz's advice about playing halves and how teams start off or how they kind of finish. He gave us all his great stats last week about how Green Bay kind of struggles to score early on, how 49ers kind of struggle to score early on. And what do we kind of see that game unfold in the first half? There was neither team was really doing anything. So this is a game I'm gonna kinda of, kind of watch similarly, where I'm gonna kind of be able to notice, I think, within a few first few minutes, especially that first quarter, who kind of shows up. Is this gonna the Rams team that's been kind of been, you know, little brother to this 49ers team of late? Or is this going to be the Rams team that is a superior talented team? You know, Peter kind of talked about you know, being a little harder the 49ers. Peter, I'll ask you a question for the 49ers talent-wise. Can you name me one other defensive lineman on their team that's good other than Joey Bosa? Can you name me a secondary uh, player Jimmy who's Bosa. actually good on the 49ers? Can you name me someone who's actually there?
1: <laughs> so I, so I think another. we start looking,
4: actually looking at the talent level of the team versus what the 49ers' idea of who they're supposed to be. I think that's where Dan kind of points out he realizes his team's not quite as good as some of the people like to make them be. Having said all that, they have, you know, I do, I understand this game has going to be really hard to bet on because 49ers have owned this Rams team. But in my heart, hearts, I'm with you, Peter. I think this Rams team is going to show up this week. I think Matthew is going to show up. I think this game is going to be 20 to three. But that's why I think it's going to be on the under.
3: This is where I think it's weird because I think if I was if I was sure as you guys were that this was going to be an under game, I would bet the 49ers plus three and a half. I think if this goes under, I think the 49ers win. If this goes over, it's going to be because of the Rams. And that's kind of the way I'm looking at this thing going into, into this game. And I would expect it to be, the, it's 46 and a half. We're talking 27-20, you're over. 24-27, 20, 20, you know, it, those these two teams hit that, normally speaking, on their own. I know it's a playoff game. They're probably going to try to play more physical, especially early on. But if this game goes under, if you think that, to me, that means the 49ers played physical, beat them up, and got back to their style of football. The 49ers win this game and this thing goes over. That, uh, under, excuse me, that, that's just my opinion.
0: You know what? The one Fair. thing that I also think, Chris, one, oh, sorry. Go, go, Continue. Go, 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 go. Continue. Oh, Chaz, you got it. I
2: was oh, just going to sure say go. quickly
0: one thing about the Niners D line. They do have Eric Armstead. I mean, he's like not, he's no scrub. He had six sacks this year. Like, that's not, he's not like a bad D lineman, I guess. They still have some time. I'm not saying he's D-line bad. I'm just terms. saying
4: that we, we actually look at the talent of the team, the 49ers. I think there's a lot of rhetoric of how great they are talented. That's not really necessarily
0: like the actual players on the team. That's all. Fair yeah, I guess the say. Rams are also just like spectrums. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, I, I'm just, let's talk about the fact that you're, you're a fan and you know, like Pete mentioned that, you know, you, you're hard on your kids. I understand that you're hard on your kids. That's, you know, you want, they want the grow up to be better than you yada, yada, yada. But my, my point is where are you now as, as a fan? I mean, do you let's take the sports betting out of it first. Do you think, they can win the game. Do you believe they can yeah. win the game? no,
3: I, I definitely think they can win the game because it's the, I mean, you can talk to Chris about this <laughs> off you, off microphone behind the scenes. I was saying I want the Rams to beat the Bucks because I was of all the two teams that was the team that the Forty Nine ers had the better chance to beat it.
1: Speaking of uh, twenty to three, wasn't that the number you spit out a few seconds ago, Chris? Yes. Yeah, that was the score at at halftime with the over 24 and a half and the Rams were on the five-yard line with, like, a minute left. Do you remember that? And they didn't punch (laughs) it in. Oh, it was brutal. It was brutal. I didn't have it, but I – I watch games from a sports betting perspective, so that ATS really allows me to, to feel people's pain even when I'm out in the action, because if you got the Rams on the seven-yard line, I think it was first and goal, you're cashing that over ticket all day long, but it wasn't
3: meant to be. I <laughs> uh, Do some player props real quick. I got, I, got, I got two locks. First lock, George Kittle, he's going under the 50-and-a-half receiving mark. Because I think he's going to have to be asked to block the entire weekend. And he has not been hitting that mark besides last week, four of the last five anyway. The other one I'm hitting is Cooper Cup over 101. <laughs> I'm never going to bet the under on Cooper Cup. I'm always going to bet the over, especially the 101. He had 118 the last time he played San Francisco. He's just been absolutely on fire. So those are two lock prop bets that I have going into this. What do you have, Pete?
0: I like Cup minus 150 anytime touchdown. I think he's definitely going to get those red zone targets. Um, for an interesting one, I kind of like Odell Beckham, first touchdown, plus 900. I think he's been getting a lot of targets in the red zone. I forget how many touchdowns he has in his last couple games, but pretty sure he has upwards of like six or seven, like in that range since he's joined L.A. And, I don't know, plus 900 seems like good value on him. And I think the Rams, as I'm picking the Rams in this game, I think they score first. I like I like Cup, minus 150, and Odell, plus 900, first touchdown.
4: He had six touchdowns last five games.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you.
3: (laughs) Chris, what do you think about uh, Debo Samuel at 50 and a half receiving yards? It gets real interesting because the last two games, he's had double digit carries, which means he hasn't been involved in the passing game. He hasn't been able to hit that mark. As big of a factor as he's been, he's not putting up the numbers receiving.
4: No, I think by my, my prediction for the score, the 49ers don't do a whole whole offensively. I don't think Debo Samuel is going to hit that numbers because, as you pointed out, the lack of utilization in the passing game is definitely starting start, start to hurt him and some of his value. It's definitely being utilized more so in the running game. I think it's gonna really going to change. I think the 49ers' idea is going to be similar to what they kind of projected out there the last few weeks is that we want to run the ball 40, 50 times a game is how we're going to win. They go with that mindset again. I don't really see Debo Samuel being enough targets or involved enough in the passing game to be able to beat that number.
3: What about his rushing yards at 41 and a half? Because that's the other prop on the other side.
4: I mean, I think, I, mean I think that's definitely an interesting prop. I, I think Elijah Mitchell kind of have a, a hard time giving up those yards, but I, I think that's something maybe you can throw a couple shekels at. I'm not huge on it, but I do think it's something definitely consider.
3: He's been two and two the last four games as far as that mark goes, but the last two games when he's gotten double-digit carries, he's gotten over that both times. I don't see that happening. I'm with you. I mean, I do see that happening. I'm with you on – they're running him more and more and more. I do think he double get, gets double digit carries. Therefore, I'm going to take that over at 41 and a half yards myself. What do you think about that, Pete?
0: Um, for Debo's yards on rushing, I can't. So I'm a little hesitant because of his knee a little bit. I don't know. I think maybe he practiced full today. He's good to go. He practiced full. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll take the over on that. He is like their most explosive offensive weapon. And Kittle, as you said, should be blocking most of the game, keeping the Rams off the field. So I guess that makes sense. And you just said the double-digit carries, so I'm in on that.
3: (laughs) I like it. But I'm not in on Cam Akers. I mean, he's 60 and a half rushing yards. He got 24 carries last week and still couldn't hit that number. I don't know if it gets much better. Like everyone, the, the Cam Akers is a nice story. But I remember that that first game, we're like, oh, he looked amazing. He had 95 total yards. He still had 3.4 yards a carry. He doesn't look amazing. He's great relative to the fact that this guy is five months off an Achilles injury. That that's what's impressive about that. But as far as his explosive ability, he's still trying to get in football shape. It's, he's not he's not there yet. So I'm taking the under on Cam Akers at 60.5. What about you, Chris?
4: I'm I'm. Because I think this is really a, a tough situation what's going on right now. So hey, Michelle to me looks like the better running back is running the ball. Cam Akers looks like he's the guy they kind of trust more to evolve in the, all around the offense. And I think Sean McVay's kind of running back what they kind of did last year with the running back situation. And he thinks he's going to be Cam Akers kind of his you know money in the bank guy to kind of have out there. But I do think there's a chance for him to go on the over because. You're not playing Tampa Bay's defense. No, your defense has been good against the run. This isn't the same defense and the same stratosphere as that Tampa Bay's rush defense. So I think you get 24 carries versus the 49ers defense. Numbers will look a lot different.
3: We'll have to see what happens. We're going to end the show right there before we do, though. Chaz, where can people find you and what's coming out for you next?
1: Yeah, our, our last show is always SportsBettingWeeklyLive.com. And tomorrow night, we're going to pretty much do what I did
3: here tonight. How cool is my life? I love, I love your life. (laughs) I love having you on too. Pete, how about you, man? What do you got coming up?
0: Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at at Pete Van Seventer. And I think for belly up sports this week, I'm planning on putting out an article, just looking at the overall props in the chiefs Bengals game. Cause as I've gone over, I think the over is going to be fun in that game. So I think there are going to be a lot of opportunities for player props there.
3: Yeah, I'm with you 100% there, too. Guys, remember, we're going to be back next week, not with this show. We'll be back with the quarterback consistency grades of 2021 and start to get into some of our off-season overview. Looking ahead as we get closer to draft time, Chris, you and I will have that big draft special back in April, so we're getting everybody geared up dynasty and fantasy football-wise for 2022. Follow us at Billy up MDFF Show. Chaz, as you always like to say. Always be cashing. We'll see you guys again next week.
2: dinner.